0: Howdy guys,
1: Backcountry and Barbells, are sitting by the campfire. Sweet. Post-camp rendezvous, we call this. <laughs> what do you think, guys? So um, we have um, myself, Joe Shamanic, Jeremy Day on the podcast like always, but then our buddies from elk camp. So I thought it would be cool to do introductions with our camp nicknames. So we're going to start with my left, and we'll work around the corner, and we'll give our camp nicknames, and maybe you can talk about why you got it. And, uh, we'll go from there. So, real name, then nickname,
2: <laughs> uh, Jeremy LeBlanc here. Uh, nickname, Deuce, and
0: uh,
2: <laughs> it just has to do with my bowel functions. But, uh, <laughs>
1: there you go, <laughs> and how
2: often it is. Well,
0: for, for,
1: for a while, I was calling you T Bone, yeah, because you yeah. were trying to give yourself your own nickname, no. so just a little. Little shout to uh, Seinfeld, but uh, the the Tebow nickname I thought would have been cool because also as we were talking that was the nickname of your uncle. Yeah. True or false? Yeah, true. Sure, yeah.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, Jeremy came up with this. I thought that was probably more more fitting. Yeah.
1: <coughs> so. Spent a lot of time squatting. Yeah. And lucky for you. On my bucket. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> on
0: his bucket. On his bucket. <laughs> <laughs> we talk
3: about modern conveniences, and uh, Mr. LeBlanc had to go get a poop bucket. Yeah. Yeah. It was very <laughs> handy. Yeah.
1: Well, at least you didn't drop your cell phone in your escrement. Um, yeah. Some of us have done before. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Um, Joe Schmanek, I got the nickname um, Thumper or Throbber? Throber, I got the nickname Throbber. <laughs> and that was an embarrassing story that um, maybe we can round the horn on that. But um, I'll take it. Um, it was a good one. I earned that one with a good story. That was a good one. And we'll get to that one.
4: Yeah, My name is Tim. i um, I would say, uh, I think I, I just, uh, I like to open the day with prayer. And so I um, ended up taking the name. Rev. Rev. We're Reverend. Going, we're not going with Pope? Pope Tim? Reverend Tim.
1: We
3: like Rev. Rev. Yeah We'll take it. He's our spiritual leader out there. And a mighty fine one he is. <laughs> Amen to that.
4: <laughs> no, that was fun.
3: Uh, Jeremy Day here, Um, mine is uh, Billy Goat Bub, because when I was hunting with my cousin, or brother-in-law, sorry, a while back, uh, we were carrying up quarters up a steep sheer cliff, and I got tired of sliding down, so I just took off running and ran up the cliff, and he goes, good job, Billy Goat Bub! That's (laughs) how I got it.
0: I like it.
5: So, I am Dave Snay. My nickname is the Pack Mule, a.k.a. the Mule, and that is because the first two times that I went hunting with Jeremy and Tim, I didn't have a pack board, and I packed my quarters out over my shoulder. (laughs) So, I got known as the Mule.
2: But still hasn't packed down a hind quarter.
1: (laughs) Two, buddy. Two. (laughs)
4: Well,
1: I'll say one of my favorite things about elk camp is just the general camaraderie, and I thought um, camp was a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I think you get the right kind of ribbing. You have the right kind of like locker room stuff in camp that you get maybe when you're a kiddo and some nostalgia there and it gets brought up at camp man and I'll be even being out of it. I long for it. So, hmm. I thought there were some cool moments like that uh case in point. When I left camp and came back, I got a earful of shit for forgetting the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> But in general camp fashion, we peer pressured a guy into buying his first bottle of booze. <laughs> the Rev. Rev. The Rev. The Rev. My first bottle of whiskey. Yeah. And uh, how old are you, Tim?
0: Old. Yeah. Old am yeah. I?
1: Yeah. I'm 60. Great, 60 years old. I'm glad we could get. Uh, I'm glad we could get that bottle of whiskey. Finally, finally. So that, that that's something that non-hunting moment that I thought was really awesome about camp. So we'll start over here with a dooser. Uh, camp moment that was cool for you outside of hunting, just general camp thoughts.
2: Oh, you know, I just think it's nice. Yeah, I, I think the camaraderie, and I think men, men need to talk to other men, just mm. in general. And uh, I think that's something our society lacks these days. Is just straight up communication. You know, everybody's sure. texting on their phone, and it's you know something to be said about just sitting around a fire and talking about man shit you know and like, you know i'm like hey you know you know different guys have different issues or you know different guys have different experiences you know you got you got a you know a gap in ages here and sure it's nice to learn from other men about you know these things that have happened in their lives stuff like
1: that just just general
2: you know talking talking man stuff
1: you know i love it mm-hmm. can't fire chats yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: how about mm-hmm. you timmy camp moment outside
4: of just general hunting I right. I think uh, I have to agree. I mean, with Jeremy. I mean, that's really it. We men are so independent. Sure. I know I am, and so to be able to sit around and talk about stuff that I probably had forgotten, and then to have it relived and go through the moments and have everybody laugh at some of the ridiculous things we do. Yeah, <laughs> is really is cool. Yeah. It's cool.
1: I liked yeah. our moon moment. Yeah. But that full moon was out. We took a walk out to the back right, of camp, right and you put a little cow call out and that was one of the loudest yeah. we heard
4: back some, some, i know some it was, it was deep. just instant and yeah. it was just down the ravine and yeah that was sweet it was really uh, a neat moment to have that happen yeah it's fired up 10 it, o'clock 11 yeah. o'clock at night yeah. Yeah.
1: that moon was so bright clear night yeah it was really cool it was cool to be away from uh
4: I think it was moon. city lights. Moon. Yeah, it was. It was, I think it was definitely. A full moon.
1: If it wasn't, it was only a day or two off. We got another. Uh, Jeremy, introduce your pup. Oh, This is Butte. <laughs> Butte shows up.
3: A little Springer Spaniel. He's only 11 months old and clumsy. <laughs> Get hey, you over here,
1: buddy. Bubba. Uh, a moment. A camp moment. Something breaking down camp. Putting it up. Grabbing wood. I mean, something outside of hunting that. Was, was cool yeah that you know one of here. my
3: favorite things is just setting up the the tarp city because it, <laughs> yeah. it, it turns into such a challenge of how you're going to keep everything dry and Tim and I got there early and um we we did a mighty did. fine I was pretty that proud was, of our tent that city was this really year really sweet yeah. so I mean and then of course getting the wood and chopping it and just getting everything prepared and then when everybody shows up they can kind of enjoy themselves so I don't yeah. have to worry about that I mean that was that was a fun moment yeah. for me
1: no awesome and the mule snakes
5: I would like to say hanging out under the tarp under tent city during that thunderstorm <laughs> some of you boys weren't there some of you boys were it. sleeping but for Jeremy right. and I it was pretty awesome
3: that was pretty intense man yeah, that th- that lightning was hitting all around us I mean close hmm.
2: Jeremy Dave was awake Jeremy LeBlanc was was in the uh, in the in the truck taking a nap yes it was he an was
1: nap. <laughs> <laughs> well there's a quote in your house that says um, what is it life isn't about avoiding the life isn't about avoiding the rain it's about no life isn't about avoiding the storm it's about learning how to dance in the rain yeah and I think the yeah. first couple of days of camp we were doing a lot of that
3: oh yeah it was a good time it was a good time but um so yeah, the last three years it's just poured on us I mean
4: yeah.
1: well what's interesting about that though is the first two days well the first couple days were rainy at least when I showed up mm-hmm. but that's when we got the bull.
3: Yeah. yeah. The worst day that I mean, that was a cool storm though. The uh, fog was thick, the rain was coming down. Yeah. And what I, what I thought was purely amazing is that we the second we got to it, it stopped raining. Yeah. And we were able yeah. to do our business and harvest it and get it in the game bags and then right when we got done it started pouring, pouring again. Pouring again. So we got pretty lucky because the meat... We were able
4: to skin it, quarter it, have it all taken care of, and then started to put the pack together to get ready to hike out, and that's when it rained. And if
3: anybody's had an opportunity to watch the time lapse, you can almost see how it's sunny, sunny, and all of a sudden it gets really dark. Yeah, Yeah, right at the end. Right at the end, and that's when the storm came back.
1: It was very cool. Um, And before we get into hunting stuff, I want to stay on this idea of camp, and even... Opposite of that is adjusting to life outside of camp. It seems like that's the question going around. What was life like when you got back? You know, uh, for many of us, it was nine days in the woods. For me, it was a six days total with a two day break. Me and Tim left, but uh, I'll start with you, Deuce, yeah, Jeremy. Just what, what? I mean, the contrast to camp, <clears throat> or any general thoughts on camp versus life?
2: Yeah, I got out there Sunday and we came back Saturday, so I was you know, about out there about seven days and man it was a good 7 days i mean it's it was uh i whenever coming back i probably haven't had that clear of a mind in a very long time and uh just to unwind and get away from the cell phone get away from the cell phone reception and the emails and everything like that and, you know i just yeah, we've been back a week and i my wife even mentioned you know, like, I was like, man, I feel I feel like I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm calmer mm-hmm. around the kids, and yeah, <laughs> I have five kids, and she's like, yeah, you're, you've been in a better mood, and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I was like, I I need that, man. Sure. I, we need that, especially in today's, the rat race of work right. and everything like that, I mean, we, we gotta get away, and get away from that stuff, mm-hmm. and just... But yeah, that's it's been it's been good. It, it was it's been hard to get made to get back to work, but uh, but uh, overall, you know, it was it was a good good time to clear the mind.
1: So do you think the benefit of camp is the effort or the simplicity of the situation that brings about that kind of clarity of focus? Yeah, and it's that, a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. Well, general thoughts from 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 the rest of you guys on that, because I can tell you like. When I got back, it was a matter of, you know, camp was easy. You wake up, you hunt, you work hard, eat some food, and you do it again. But all of a sudden, when you get back home, it was, get to work, drop the kids off here. Mm-hmm. pick that up, let's get ready for Lucy's birthday party, this, that, and the other thing. And then you gotta deal with a whole nother group of people you gotta please between your, your boss and and everybody, so I, I, I would, The the simplicity of camp, even though the effort is supreme, um, really, I think, lends itself to to focus.
4: Yeah, I think, uh, taken off from that, basically, I mean, it comes down to, hey, I need to drink water, Yeah. I need to eat, Yeah. I need to poop, and I need to uh, basically sleep and stay dry, right? So, I mean, it just comes down to like four or five basic things that, I just need to make sure I have yeah and other than that I don't need anything more, sure right and, and to have people along that I enjoy just makes it that much more pleasurable
1: in that camp setting all of a sudden your needs take precedence exactly whereas when you're in society your needs are covered, so then you maybe find other worries.
4: Well, because all you have to think about, okay, well, I'm going to poop. Well, where am I going to do that today? <laughs> and, so I grab the shovel, and I make sure I have the toilet paper, yeah. and I start walking. And then I have to find the tree, and I'm looking. And, you know, it's very simple, but but yet it's not in the same place. When I get home, it's like, you just walk into the bathroom, and you drop your pants, and there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not having to think about anything. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah getting away from the daily routine and just being up there and like you're saying the simplicity of just like like we wake up every morning without a plan right we're like where are we going to go hunt what are we going to go do today and then it is ever changing because the environment's changing the pressure's changing um you know we might have already hunted a certain area so then we got to think about of another spot it's just like these daily decision makings and then on top of that, we all get to just sit around and BS and just laugh. I don't think I've ever seen Jeremy laugh so hard. He couldn't oh. even stand <laughs> up, man. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> when Joe
2: told his story that we, oh. we're we yeah. not going to get it the way he got his name. We can tell it. And, uh, yeah. We'll end it with that one. we we'll bring it up. Oh, I don't know if I've laughed that I haven't laughed that hard in years,
0: man.
3: Oh, he was down on the ground. But, you know, that's what it's about. we when you're in your daily routine, it's just like everything is like, I got to get here. I got There's a time schedule on everything. Yeah. When hunting, it's yeah. like, you know what? It's pouring down rain. Let's wait an hour. That's it. Instead of like, no, we got to get out at nine o'clock.
0: Really? We have
3: to go. We have to go. And and I can get guilty of that in the mornings when we're leaving. You know, I'm like, come on, guys. Come on, you know. First,
1: like, get to the spot.
3: Yeah, get to the spot. But And that's from my old rifle days, because if you weren't
1: at your spot, yep. right. you were bumped out. Right. Sure. Bet. Somebody else was there. Anyway. Uh, thoughts on contrast of camp life, Dave, for
4: you?
5: Uh, contrast to camp life, for me, it goes back to being in the military. You know, like you said, when you're in, back in society, your family and your job pretty much dictate what you're gonna do every day. But when you're at camp and you go to hit the field, just like when I was in the military, you gear up with the guys you hit the field with the guys, you get on an animal, pressure's on, you have to, it doesn't matter who makes the kill. You work as a team to get the animal on the ground, and you work as a team to butcher it and pack it out. So it's that hard work, that teamwork, and that sweating with the guys that makes it for me. It, it brings it back around, brings me back to my balance. Fair,
1: yeah. fair enough. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like. It. I don't know if you work so hard as a group as you do in, when you're in that kind of situation. Right. Like, I mean, even, you know, I work with a team of teachers. You know, Tim, you work in a school. But I don't know if, like, there's, even in that setting, I have my classroom, I have my kids, I have to worry about them. I don't know if I'm so collaborative with other mm. groups of men with or groups of anybody with such a singular focus. You know, mm-hmm. when you're in the woods, mm-hmm. it's cool because we had five guys with five different stories. But it was like we all want help. So, yeah. we're all on that focus, yeah. and it's really cool to be a part of something like that. Um, and so, to switch gears into the hunting, I'll tell you um, I have a story that I walked away with camp about things being left behind. Hmm. You know, like, even joking here, you know, I forgot the money for, for the, for the <laughs> processor, but, you know, we worked it out because I bought whatever. But I, f- I have this habit of forgetting things, and I lost an arrow. I lost the release but even for me <laughs> 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 oh, oh. luckily I had a backup but uh lucky for me too but I also think I left uh I left an opportunity in the woods too that gets to me that I think about you know I had an over opportunity and over you know uh, going back and replaying it so even leaving that I'm, what I'm trying to do is leave that memory behind so it doesn't affect the next one or at least makes it better for the next time so I, I have this con- this theme of man, I left a lot in the woods, and hopefully the next time I won't leave as much, so uh, if you guys had a, if you could tell your own kind of personal uh, one sentence story or, or if, if you could sum up your thoughts on, on your first elk camp, uh, Jeremy, and then we'll round the horn again. For <coughs> yeah, me, it was I mean, things left behind.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it was a uh, my, it was my first time elk hunting and my first time bow hunting, I've done done plenty of rifles, but uh it was, uh, I mean, as far as the hunting part goes, I think the highlight of the hunting, you know, actual hunting was the last day when we were in that clear cut. And kind of, Jeremy and I saw some, some marks in the, you know, prints everywhere, and then marks in the ground where they had just gotten in a little scuffle, two bulls, it was obvious. And then we started tracking through this <clears throat> laid down of grass, really fresh. And I, and uh, the smell... I didn't realize that you could. You know, we it, it, we were so close to them. yeah you know, they they were just there.
1: Yeah.
2: And the smell of them, you know, mm. was so blatantly obvious, and it was like you really got your adrenaline going. You're like
0: <laughs> that's elky. Yeah. That's like elky. any second it's you gonna just, happen. Yeah, you're like.
2: Didn't happen, but hey, you know that that was the high, that was my hunting I think highlight of uh, the
1: whole thing. Smell elk. Smell, smell of elk. elk. It's cool. It punches you in the face. Because yeah. even when we came out after yeah. being at the cabin for that moment, you walked through and he goes, you smell that? You smell that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're there, man. You're there.
4: Yeah. From <laughs>
1: so I'm leaving things behind. Jeremy's smelling things. Rev, your story I, from this I camp. left
4: something behind, too. I think I had just a great opportunity the first day. That was in that first morning. First two hours. Talk to us about First it. two hours. Well, we went up the ridge. I mean, it was such a beautiful sunrise, wasn't it? <laughs> it was I was phenomenal. taking pictures. <laughs> okay, I enjoy just everything about it. And, and the pictures and the moon, you know, and all those different things that we talked about earlier. But I uh, I took a picture of uh, Jeremy and Dave going up the hill, and they were ahead of me. The sunset one?
1: Yeah. yeah that was a great shot.
4: Yeah, and I, I took that shot, and I, it was just, just yeah, it's such a perfect time you know the sun isn't up anyway we cross the ridge we come up a little further and uh, I don't know Jeremy has like a sixth sense when there's elk around but anyway we got up to this ridge and he goes okay you go f- down and so I I took off and I'm on the on the side of the gravel road and I'm just walking the little the the, the basically the runoff you know it's just sandy and trying to dodge all the sticks and I try to get as quickly as I can down there and I get around to the landing, to the point, and I drop over the point and I get on my knees and I'm just waiting. And sure enough, here they come, single file, around the corner and they're dropping down and it's a whole group of elk. And I don't know how many there are, 14 or something like that. There is about 25. 25, (laughs) really? I've seen them three times. (laughs) Um, So he's Mm -hmm. counted them a few times. But anyway, they're coming down and I pull out my rangefinder, and I'm at 40 yards from where they're, they're crossing below me. So I knock an arrow and, uh, and I draw back. And as I pull back, um, they all, the, the cows just kind of, I don't know how they, she picked me up way in front and I don't know how she could see me. But somehow the sixth sense between the two or three that had gone by, they backed up and then they stood there. But this four by four stood up and came across and I, I didn't make a sound. And if I would have just made any sound, I would have stopped him before he got behind the tree. And that, I was at full draw, and he was at 36 yards, and I could not do anything with him. That was my, I left it there, and I, I just went. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do anything because you couldn't stop him? Or cause I, I could have stopped him, but I didn't even you. think about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have a reed in my mouth. But like Jeremy said, I, I could have just went, yeah. <laughs> ah! and, and it would have been enough to stop him. Yeah. And uh, that's what I feel like I left behind. Yeah. I don't want to do that again next so, year.
1: I won't leave my rangefinder in the Jeep. <laughs> and, and, I I won't, ha-
4: and I will put a reed in my mouth. <laughs> exactly.
1: Very cool. I like it. Your Tell your story of your bull in the rain. I love how you go through this hunt and how, even on your Instagram post, it was like it encapsulated all forms of hunting.
3: Yeah. It's not too often where you get to do a hunt where you you use all different almost all the different styles right yeah so we jumped and we decided to do a push hunt because I mean it was pouring down rain the pressure was hard all around uh, there's people everywhere and there is this ridge system where there's a lot of fingers on it so uh, we all jumped off a finger and I took this one and um, I got down maybe 15 minutes into the hunt. And, uh, I look up and the fog, I mean, it is rain. It is pouring and the fog is real thick. And I see this silhouette of a elk and I was like, holy smokes. And then all of a sudden I don't see it. And then I see it again and I don't see it cause the fog was so thick. So I thought it was just a lone bull is what I thought because of how, um, white it was. So I put the steel hunt on it and, and started getting down there. And then all of a sudden they just broke out and there was a whole herd. And then right there, you know, typically people will just give up and go darn it but i went over and i looked and just to see where they were bedded what they were doing you know what the terrain was and why they were there And once i got over there i saw their tracks and i just thought well i'm gonna track them so i started tracking them and uh it's amazing how these elk can they'll leave the biggest widest tracks ever but once when they're running when they decide not to run and you're in dirt. You can't find a dang track anywhere. Mm. <laughs> and so I kind of gave up and I went up on this knoll and went to the, um, the, to the uh, skid road that I was just going to take back. And I decided to look over the edge because the ledge of, and, um, lo and behold, there's the bull 60, maybe 80 yards away. So then I put, now I'm in a spot and stock situation. So now I'm stocking them and I'm, I'm cutting down and, with it raining so hard and all that, you know, you want to be, you want to for sure kill shot. I mean, I could have had a 60 yard shot on them, but it wasn't a true kill shot. Cause there's no way you're going to blood trail an animal when the rain is just pouring like that. So I, my, I wanted to be within 30 yards. Cause I know I can hit, you know, a dime at 30 yards. So I get down there. And I, I put a big tree in between him and i and i sneak down and i don't know how long it took me 15 20 minutes to get down there and I, I see him almost the whole time until i figured this tree i had to close this last 10 yards and i pop out and like the ghost they are he was gone and i was like dang so i went down to where i last seen him to see if i could see track and i heard this weird the weirdest noise i've ever heard and i thought i think he's trying to locate his cows so i let out a bugle with a grunt and then I waited a few seconds and then threw another grunt. And all of a sudden I just see antlers coming up the hill and he's, he's coming up looking for a fight. I throw my grunt tube down and it hits a rock and goes boom, boom. And I thought, oh no, <laughs> it's over. But no, he, he, his eyes were set on me. And then, so I went to full draw. And Anyway, he closed up, got it within 15 yards after about four or five minutes. And then I, you know, had a nice quartering two shot released and he piled up 60 yards in that ditch. So, I mean, Sweet. it was, uh, you know, so all the methods used, it was the, you know, we were, did a push hunt, we did a still hunt, and then I tracked, and then I did a spot and stock, and then I called. Yeah. I mean, that's five different kind of styles of hunting all wrapped up into one and a half hour of a hunt. I mean, that, that to me was the best hunt in my entire life. So, My
1: perspective on it, I think I heard the calls because I, I went down the ridge right to the left of you. Yeah. And I heard it, and then I knew where you were, and I had decided to end up going left down the ridge as well. Um, and I'm, I am I could have sworn I heard the commotion. I heard I heard the call and the little conversation you had with him, and I ended up going a little further left. But even as I came back on that same skid road, he was looking for his herd because as I was Cal calling back, um, actually one of the wins I got at, this elk camp this year was um, having a conversation with a cow. And I thought it was one of you guys because it was where the meetup spot was. But When we got back to the truck, there was no, y'all weren't down there yet. So I probably would've put <laughs> the hunt on that cow do? a little bit. Yeah, so that was really cool Who being in that. <laughs> but that Skid Road was a, a spot that we went to a lot. That was a great little spot.
3: That was a that was a great area. And I think Tim and Jeremy, you guys got into some cows yeah, there too. Yeah, too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the
1: herd just dispersed
3: yeah. out. And I seen, I seen one cow just before as I was stalking the
1: bull. Hmm. And uh, Dave, your story, if you—if there was a story that stands out for you about the actual hunt or if you could put a tag on it.
5: And that'd be a toss up because I got into that same herd that Tim got into and I, I see them go by and they stopped for a blink second I had enough time to get an arrow out of my quiver not enough time to draw it back. Hmm. And for a split second they were there and a split second they were gone. But then There was another day where Jeremy and I went out on a hunt by on our own and it was real foggy that morning and we got into them. And they literally you can see where they they come up with the term, the gray ghost, because you could hear them coming towards us but all you saw was their backs just like literally floating in the fog. (laughs) That was, it was super cool.
3: Yeah they were mewing their way up. They were I mean we were we we're pulling them right up to us with just a cow call.
1: Even um, even when I was in the health room this this week back at school, I was telling the story many times about my little stalk I put on. Uh-huh. Which was super fun to do. It's the second time I got to put a stalk on a cow. And I piled up some desks and I was showing them what I did. And this whole ghost concept gets me because they are. So I put that stalk on there. I got behind a big old stump. You saw me. Oh and I yeah, poked it was beautiful. up. Beautiful. Poked up. And there she was her vitals were covered a little bit and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to circle around this stump just a bit to get a better shot. Because I didn't, again, not having my, if, if I had my range finder on, I would have taken that shot. But I didn't have my range, it was a down downhill slope and it's just a shot I wasn't comfortable with. I was like, I can make this better. But when I circled that stump, about maybe, time stand still, could have been 30 seconds, could have been eight minutes, I don't know how long it was. Mm-hmm. But when I popped up, that big old critter, without a sound, 'Cause when I was stalking up I could I heard him banging.
3: Yeah, I heard him I was watching Joe him. from up top and he put on a beautiful stock, man. It
1: was I was waiting for that the logging was a lot trucks to go to... by and there's a logging <laughs> trucks to go by, I'd scamper in. So when, the wind was in my it was great stock. Yeah. But dang it, when I popped out from a shot mm. without a noise, mm. she was gone. Wow. You know, it's like, that's my high school love story. Then you know? <laughs> <laughs> she was gone. And then she was
5: gone. So you, know, you
2: stalked in high school? Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I still
1: stalk, but the story is you know, I'm married now, so it's look, don't touch. So you know how to do it. Stalk from a distance. We worked that out.
5: You know, Joe, you call it things left behind. Yeah. I like to call it lessons learned. There you go. It's I like all it. things you'll remember for next year. Yep. And everyone you learn like that, just another tool in your toolbox i love it sure. so, so lessons and, learned Why and what's it,
3: amazing to me is how many times you play it in your head and how many times you do something different each time you think about the hunt like oh this is what i would have done different. yeah <laughs> this is what i would have done different yeah. and it almost eats you alive but but it's part of that learning you know yeah. there's been so many hunts where i've left my rangefinder, and there's been so many hunts where i've you know they're right there and they're moving and i don't think
0: how can I stop them? To stop them, them right? You know, and, and, and I've Ew. learned those, and I've sat Ew. there. and make
3: noise. <laughs> and, and just in my head a thousand times, you know, playing
1: it over and over and I over. I wanted a rerun. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I couldn't get a rerun. Yeah. did
4: doesn't matter how many days. I wasn't going to find another rerun just like that.
1: Talking to my wife after, she's like, well, why don't you just shoot it? And I'm like, it just didn't <laughs> feel comfortable. I was like, for me, like, the ethics of the situation, like, if there's any doubt, it's not a good shot. Yeah. If there's if I felt really good about it, I would have taken it. And I think even now, even regretting not taking the shot, I think if I had taken it and it didn't go right, I regretted that more. What Absolutely. Were, what
4: were you at, 40 yards?
1: No, it was, I, I went back with Jeremy. Uh-huh. So I was like, I almost set up the hunt the next morning just so I could range that dang yeah, spot. Yeah. And I was like, please be 70. <laughs> please yeah, be further than further i thought than, yeah. so i made a good decision when i sat there it was 51 yards and i was oh, hitting. it is
4: a, it's tough to tough to know at that yeah. distance
1: and but it was a it was a nasty downhill grade yep. and yeah, you it know makes it hard. And to, honestly so if i think about even training for next year i will mm-hmm. i will shoot more at different levels yeah. cuz all the shooting i've practiced on was on
0: yes level ground yeah. yeah right
1: so i think maybe if i had a moment where i was shooting because i would say it was pretty level but i still think she was probably an elk's height mm-hmm. below me mm-hmm. which is probably what eight feet down you know what yeah I mean? but that that
3: would that wouldn't affect too much it's when yeah. you're
1: you know 20 30 feet down but again is. experience right? <laughs> yeah yeah you know? and the other thing i think when i got about halfway to the stalk i thought jeremy will tell me how far it is <laughs> But then with me and Jeremy split, he went high. I, so <laughs> yeah, uh, I went didn't have low. its rangefinder. And that was the other thing, you know, like, there was a communication thing where I looked back to Jeremy and I saw him, and he did one of these loop-de-doo moves, and I said, oh, he's coming around, or I should go around. And uh-huh. that's one of the reasons I went around, but he was saying, I'm going around, oh. so even getting that so-so. Yeah. There was a lot going on when you're in
3: here. Oh, when you're in the thick of tough. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Joe was like a ninja, though, man. I was super impressed. I was like, man this is fun you don't get an opportunity to watch people stalk from yep. you know a bird's right. eye view i mean it was exactly. that was a fun let's the,
2: talk about joe's calling real quick
1: oh you want to do that yeah oh yeah so i did have a victory yes. uh, in terms of talking to a cow but i did call in i think two hunters which was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> so me and leblanc were out in the uh we took a morning and hunted together and got the bugle tube and uh I decided, you Sounding know, good, today's man. the day I'm going to do this. I've been practicing with the kids at school, as you guys probably, if, if you listen to the cast. But uh, when we met back up after the hunt, uh, LeBlanc says to me, uh, you know that guy? You called him in. What,
2: what did he say? T- no, he's, he, he was, we took this, we were hiking down, and Joe took high, and I took low uh, down by the creek. And uh, I was I was down there, and I saw this other hunter, and he, he comes up. Up. He's, I mean he's, he's calling back and <laughs> forth and I'm like I mean I knew it was Joe. I sounded great, but I knew it was Joe up there. And uh <laughs> So I walk, to, I walk over I walk over to him like you know can kind I of put my hands up I'm like hey man that's 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 my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he's like
2: man he was like he was like I, I was, he's like I, I, I'm usually pretty good about. Uh, I'm usually pretty good about, you know, determining if it's a hunter or if it's a, you know, a bull. But man, that sounds like a bull. And uh, so he was. He was. He was kind of pissed that it <laughs> <laughs> at Joe, but. But then later, I think he told Jeremy Day that uh, he's like, "Hey, you he should be in like a calling comp- competition." Competition. Or he's like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> no." Quite a, qu- a quick I'll disclaimer is these guys look like they're tweaked out on something. <laughs> 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 and I know they were stoned because I can yeah. smell it. <laughs> so hey,
5: I'll take the victory.
3: Yeah, yeah that's it was it. a win. It was hey, college, those guys were so pumped up though when we came up to him. They were like, "I, I don't know what." He kept saying, "I don't know what was going on." <laughs> He goes, I think your buddy shot
0: him. (laughs) That's what he kept saying, huh, Dave? He goes, I think your buddy shot him.
1: Well, I had a system because I didn't know if it was, because I heard them too. We were having a back and forth. So they would call. I would wait for them to call a second time, and then I would put a call, and then I'd move forward. So we had a cool little dance. But talking to critters and people was something I've been working on, getting a bunch of read. Did you guys have any other little victories? I mean, Jeremy, obviously the big victory, notching a tag. Um, But talk about your other victories in camp. Um, I mean, we all can't. Be successful and hunt every time I mean it's a it's a game of failure kind of like baseball but uh were there any little victories that kind of stand out uh, for, for you guys that, that will bring you back to camp and cost you another what I don't know what the, what the money <laughs> yeah let's Why? not talk about it <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, uh, I uh, survived the hiking I mean uh, yeah I'm, I'm definitely not as in shape as these guys and
3: uh, you know but that happens every year for the first year guy because okay, they uh, don't know what to expect you know, we prepare you, we tell you, man, it's going to be, you get on the treadmill, do this and do that, but you think, well, how hard can it be? And then you get out there and you're like, oh, dang. Yeah, this is rough. it's
2: pretty legit. So, I mean, mean it's not
3: the first time. It's, it happens just about everybody their first year.
2: It's legit. It's a legit, but uh, it's rewarding, you know, it's a yeah. rewarding sure. uh, exercise. I try not to complain too much about it. I don't think I did too much But, uh. <laughs> but, uh that was a win,
1: yeah. Power through it, you powered yeah. Through it. I did. survived it. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, Tim, you did have a victory. You didn't notch an elk tag, but you notched.
4: I got a, You notched I got a tag. A a deer tag. You yeah. got a
1: buck. Talk, talk to us about that hunt.
4: Oh, well, that was fun. That was. Uh,
1: As the dogs. Jeremy fight. and
4: Dave <laughs> and I had gone down to see this one area where we were planning to um, elk hunt, but we wanted to elk hunt this this down by this uh, river. Uh, later in the week because we figured that was where some of the bigger bulls were were just kind of hanging out Yeah, and so we we went down there just to scope it out. And as we were down there um, Well, we piled back in the vehicle and started up the road and and we looked straight ahead of us And there's a doe and a, and a buck. Yeah walking the road <laughs> and uh, So we decide and it was quickly decided that I was okay. I got to interrupt up. here <laughs> I'm driving Tim
3: goes Jeremy, you should get out and hunt him. I said, Tim, why don't you get and hunt him? He goes, No, you you can go ahead. And Dave gets in the back and he goes, Tim, if you don't do it, I'm gonna get out and shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, it was decided quickly, but it took a little bit. There was a little <laughs> bit back of negotiation. Pressure. A little
4: pressure, <laughs> right. exactly. So they backed up, and I got out, and I ended up just walking near the road, the gravel road. I just kind of went along the side, and uh, I got to within about 90 yards, and we started to do this dance. Uh, they would go about 10 yards further. I'd get it, break it down to 80, and then they would back up to 90. And then, um, so I was counting down. Finally, I crossed the road because I thought i have a better angle, and uh, the wind was in my face, so it was it was perfect and I worked it down to 70, and then it broadsided me. It came straight at me, um, and I'm not sure what it was, but it was walking straight at me, but I didn't. I pulled back, but I didn't have a shot, so I let down, and then I continued to walk along the road, and I would walk pretty much about the pace they would walk just to kind of keep them calm. So I got down, I'd count 69, 68, 67. After I'd ranged them, I got them down to about 60, and then I heard a snort so I got winded by another buck in the woods and so now they were on alert and so they turned around both the doe and the, and the buck were faced going up uh, a little incline into the this bunch of brush and I pulled back and I'm looking at it looking at it I got I got it at 60 yards and I let go and I hear this nice satisfying pop and uh, and And he takes off into the woods, comes around, back out of the woods, crosses the road, really low on the road, and then dives back into the woods. And uh, so then we went back. And I I think I would have felt a lot of pressure if I would have known that Dave and Jeremy were like 40 yards behind me, (laughs) watching watching the whole thing. (laughs) With binoculars. With binoculars. (laughs) And I'm thinking, good night. That would have put a little bit more pressure on me to be able to make the shot but i had no pressure i i was just it was like i needed to do this and it was perfect i just knew where i was at and uh when i let it basically when i sighted in and i got it right on 60 uh i knew that this was a good shot and i took it and then um and then well we got basically we decided we were looking for the arrow afterwards because i thought it would have been a pass through we didn't find the arrow so that was Little bit disconcerting, and then, and then we found good signs of blood, but um, it's still we weren't absolutely sure that it was a great shot. Sure. So um, there was a trail across the gravel road and then into the brush. So we gave it another. I think it was hour. 40 Hour. We gave it one hour. Hour, and
3: then from we the went... point that you shot them Okay. Because we were looking for a while, and that was 20 minutes, and then we said, and then that's when we gave it 40 and. That was the one hour from the point of shot, or time
4: of shot. So then we went back, and um, we really didn't need tape. We we were able to find drops all the way through, and and sure enough, it was piled up, I would say about 60 yards. Yeah, yeah, 50 or 60 yards. I like
1: that story because it kind of, um, there's a form of hunting that I kind of will turn my nose up to. This idea of road hunting bothers me. Like, I want to get in the woods and be in crazy stuff, but. It's right there. It was but, right yeah, there. And you put a nice stalk on. Yeah. On the road, which yeah. with that kind of road that it was, just kind of rocky situation. There's some Yeah, there was skill plenty of noise.
4: Just,
3: yeah. 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 Well, and when I was watching it, I'm sitting here watching Tim and he'd walk and he'd stop the deer would lift its head, stare at him. He would just sit there and then the deer would go back to feeding and then Tim would close the distance. The deer would look up, Tim would stop. I mean, I was like, he's in the middle of the road and so are the deer and he's still putting i mean they just let
1: him yeah. get right up there. Well, I think Tim has a lot of something we could all probably use a little bit more of, his patience. Yes. <laughs> you know, patience. even at after camp, working through some spots where we saw tracks going over our boots and yeah. you know, you know I have this idea in my mind like I like to hunt like okay, I want to do it hard, but I also think that maybe I want to do it hard because that's easier for me than to do nothing. Yeah. The hardest thing for me to do is stand still. You know, I'm like yeah. a shark where if I stop moving I feel like I'm dying. And I think if I can get a little bit more of that. So even when me and you hunted together, Tim, I was like, right. Tim, I'm going to put you in front because it's going to teach me patience and go and slow through the woods. And there's a big, there's a lot of value I in I thought that. it was just age. No, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what, I need to learn to be a little bit more patient. Because as much as it was, maybe I had a good stalk, but, you know, if I could put more of that stalk mentality and just my general movement through the woods, yeah. I would probably experience a little bit more... Uh, encounters with critters and and maybe success will come sooner. But uh so again being around camp, learning from folks like Mm -hmm. that and seeing Mm -hmm. that, I thought that was cool. Um so Jeremy, a lesson for you. So you had the big victory, but did you have any small victories in terms of your mentorship or teaching the folks in camp? Is there a story about that? Because you know a lot of us lean on you because you most experienced elk hunter. So you know imparted on us. So I mean for you as a teacher, what'd you get out of this?
3: You know like like I kind of talk on the podcast I just when we get out there and the look on Dave's face when he's sitting there and he's kind of almost shaking a little bit and we see the elk and they're coming up and um, Jeremy the look on his face and all of a sudden and and to kind of back up a little bit what's what's really cool is watching people's body disposition and what how they react to when they get into an animal it's all of a sudden like these natural instincts take. Mm-hmm. And like with jeremy you know he's walking through the woods and then when we got into that and he's smelling and all of a sudden man this guy went into hunting mode Mm. Mm -hmm. and i think it was the first time i seen him actually go into a hunting mode because and i believe it's because his natural instincts took him but he was like
0: Mm. he's being stealthy
3: through there he was i mean the look on his face the Mm -hmm. anticipation the Mm -hmm. anxiety that something's going to be around that corner and then kind of the same thing with dave when we're up there and we're seeing the elk and we're looking and we're hearing and he's just like knocking an arrow and just those are the wins to me it's just mm-hmm. yeah and i gotta being I gotta, able to I get
2: do a quick kudos to jeremy day and he's you know he he got his bull on that was on monday yeah yep. and he hunted with us every day after that just as if he and he was just as yeah. excited as the rest of us and he you know he taught us Totally unselfish. I just, just got to give you kudos, Jim. Well, I'll Thanks. say this, though. I think the bull <clears throat> we it's saw
1: that was 900 vertical yards up. I think if you hadn't filled your tag yet, we'd have gone after that one. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I don't know, man. That <laughs> was pretty. Up. <laughs> that
3: was up there and it was late. But but I definitely would have been probably game the next day. Is like, okay, we're waking up early. Yeah.
1: Hey, Dave, you, that,
5: your small victory from camp. Gosh, small victory? I would probably have to say that last hunt that Tim and I did.
0: Hmm.
5: We had gotten some cows and they were coming right at us. And we got to a point where we could really get on them and watch them come in. But we couldn't get to them because they had just got in there earlier and previously logged at. So the spot that we could have got in from was blocked. But to have them right there, and we had, like, so many close calls, it's almost as good as actually shooting one.
1: When you say close calls, I wonder how many close calls we had that we didn't know about. Oh, man. Oh, right. It almost makes me yeah. sick.
3: When we went into that clear cut and uh, Jeremy, Tim, and I went down a lower part. We went down in the creek bottom and came up this pretty nasty clear cut and got up there and walked the road. Then mm-hmm. Tim split from us and Jeremy and I went up top and we saw where the bulls were fighting and got into all the elk sign. Well, we decided we, we had a meeting point and when we left there and then we all did another push hunt and we w- ended up down and, and Joe comes to me, and goes, man, right when we jumped in the woods, I heard these elk mewing mm-hmm. on the other side.
1: That's the herd. The herd right right there.
3: So that was the herd that you guys heard. So when we're walking back, Dave and I, there was a herd of elk that went right over our footprints mm. on the road. So that herd had, that's where you guys heard him, was on the stinking road 150 yards away from us. Yeah. You
1: think they're talking and having the same conversation that we're having now? <laughs> they're probably laughing at us. They're, they're probably they're like, man, the like, man, we gave them the slip. Just like you
5: see in the cartoons, we're walking around one side yeah, they're and they're following the us other. back around the other oh, side, yeah. saying, if they only knew. <laughs> hey,
1: you got that dog picture, the dog's playing poker? I picture the elk version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking about us.
2: Walking by giving you the middle
0: hoof, right?
1: Yep, the middle, camp middle hoof. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, so as we as we roll through and, and kind of tie this up and look to late season, I think a cool topic to go over is we're all busy guys and we're all looking for, we all found a way. I think this was cool for me to get six days in the woods. Yeah. Many of you, uh, three of you, or two of you got nine days Ten, uh, Jeremy, so, you had seven yeah. and you put five in. Right? Something like that, yeah. So, how did y'all, well, yeah, how did, so, what was the game plan to get that time in the woods? Something practical for our guys to For me, it was letting my wife all summer do whatever she wanted. I supported her in runs. I did runs with her. And so, when elk season rolled, let's do this. But even with that, it was still supporting her because I had to break camp for two days so she could do her thing. So, for me, it was like supporting her in all I could so I could get my time. Uh, did you guys have any any kind of spousal board games you were playing? No, to, we kind of talked that.
2: about it on the camp. You yeah. know, I try. I've tried to get my wife to uh, do more stuff and have hobbies and do this and that, but I don't know. She she's isn't into it. I I can't. I've tried. I've tried, but I you know. But she's she's been really cool. I mean, our kids we have five kids, and our youngest is. Mm. Uh, uh, four now No oh, three sorry <laughs> three now and uh it's uh believe it or not <laughs> life is e- a lot easier than it has been in the last you know five to seven years uh, you have
1: five kids but less infants That's yes why. exactly
2: so <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful thing and i think you know i don't feel as guilty as i have uh, you know to leave her for that amount of time with you know, because the kids are more independent, more manageable. And and I, it was super cool of her. You know, like, I, I texted her right before we got out of service right there at the shell station I was on my way out. I was like, love you. I was like, heading out of the cell service, love you. You know, I super appreciate, you know, you let me do this. And I told her, I was like, I really did appreciate it. I was like, you know, not all wives would let their husbands go out there and do that. But hopefully she sees the value in that I'm not stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, cause I'm a much more pleasant person to be around whenever I'm able to unwind. And uh, you know, with the hectic day-to-day stuff, we don't always get to do that, so.
1: I think, I think my wife generally takes joy in seeing me be happy about helping. Yeah. Like when I brought that, when I brought your bull's heart home, and she was just watching, I, wa- I caught her as I'm carving it up, skinning it, I'm watching her watch me. she goes, you like that? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah, I do and you're gonna enjoy it too, you know what I mean? So I, I think including them any way we can, I think is cool. Still, I think X needs to up their app game. If they, I'm telling you, if my wife knew where I was, it would be a lot easier. Yeah. I think her biggest worry is, mm-hmm. she does, doesn't trust that I'm okay.
3: Right, to be able to trust. well, and it's yeah. new for her. Yeah, My exactly wife, right. she's, I mean, she's been so supportive over the years. I, I mean, I don't hunt a third of what I used to. So back when we were, our kids were younger, you know, I was pretty selfish and, but man, I'd have always scared to come home, right? Because I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm in the doghouse again. <laughs> and, yeah, for a while. But now she's just so supportive and just, you know. And I think maybe it's because she sees how happy I am and mm-hmm. come back. Plus, I'm not making your priority. I'm just, yeah. you know. Before it was like, I'm going hunting and I will see you in five to eight days. Mm-hmm. Now it's a conversation. Now it's a conversation. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe that's all it is, right? Yeah. Tim, you're the, you're the elder of the group. Yeah. You've. You took a time off of hunting and now you're refining it. Is it, did, did your wife know you when you hunted in your younger years and there was a gap, or is this, are you in the same boat
4: as the rest of us? I think it was, uh, well, let's put it this way. She didn't know me as somebody that hunted in the woods, but I did fish a lot. Gotcha. So there were those days, I, but I'd always show up back at home at yeah. the end of the day. Um, but taking off, Day after day after day <clears throat> was probably hard for me um, when my kids were in their junior high, elementary, junior high years, you know. <clears throat> but lately, um, she loves elk The meat. <laughs> she loves the meat, and and, and unifying the product. <laughs> and but she also <laughs> likes seeing me fulfilled as well. Sure, you know. And so you're right. It, it, what Jeremy said was earlier was really good. You know, I mean, he, he gives her the time. He spends time doing things with her, being with the family, um, developing those those relationships. Then it seems like your, your your bank account's full. Sure. And she's more willing to, to release you. So that's what I withdrawal. work. I, I try to work that through the summer. <clears throat> I want to keep her bank account full. Yeah. And And so that when I need to have my time away... And she knows I enjoy it. That she's not finding it as a regret, and really realizes it as a she's releasing me. And she finds it refreshing because then I'm not there either, because she has her downtime too. Yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've gained out of it. I've, I've learned that I need to fill her bank account. Yeah, that's, however. You can. That's really important. However I can, whatever that means, um, you know, making sure that I've done some fun things with her and and the family and things like that
1: what's the love language book you know you read this book yeah. my wife is uh she likes getting little gifts and sometimes it's as simple as sometimes i know when i'm about to ask for time in the woods i start leaving notes around the cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you're great
4: Here's a Hershey kiss. My wife says... She's like, here we go. What does he want now? (laughs) My wife says quality time. That's it, man. I think... I
3: really think that's the key. It's just getting that quality time with your wife. Away from the kids. Yeah. Where it's one-on-one. Yeah. I mean, that's what they... uh, Our wives, I think, thrive on and they really want. And that's where I fail miserably. I've never been a romantic kind of guy. I've never been... um, I did... um, Before... We left. I did have flowers sent to her office, which is the second time in the 28 years that we've been together because oh, I really appreciate scheduled her. Did you
1: schedule a flower delivery while you are in camp?
3: No, no, no. It was two days before I left. Oh, look at that. No, so it was
1: Thursday. But the flowers arrived to her while you were in camp. No, no no no.
3: She uh,
4: got no, him too,
1: there before. Too, she too. she got him on a Thursday. But before. I like
4: the idea of giving it to her after you're in camp. No, that's, yeah, that's a good, that's that's a good way to do, do that it. one. But he, she was like going I said to he's that. not romantic. I'm <laughs> yeah, you just stepped up life. Hey, hey. We all look bad now. Yeah, it was <laughs>
3: and i just genuinely genuine genuine blah blah, blah, blah. Genuine. just wanted to do it for her. you sure. know i just because i love her and i super duper appreciate the fact that she's you know let's and i travel a lot with work too so i'm not home that much so being a gone for another 9 days right. on on a hunt trip with my my friends you know it's yeah but that time alone with the wives i think it's huge
1: dave with you with rachel what do you what do you do and how, what's your trick to get time out cuz you're like the rest of us when you're working your ass off
5: well, like you said, you know, it comes down to little victories. Don't you can to help out? And, yeah. You know, and she sees all the hard work we put in. And on top of that, my wife's a realist. You know, I've been hunting with Jeremy for seven years now. Yeah. And she's like, Why well, go out for a stint, come home for a few days, and then go back out. You're not home anyway. Your head's still in the field. Yeah. So you might as well just go out, stay out, and come home when you're done. So granted, we still have to talk about what week we're going to go, how many days we're going to be gone. But she'd rather see me stay out that whole stand and come home and then be home, as opposed to come home and still have my head in the field.
3: Hmm. Dave, I think she's kind of giving you a hint that she'd rather you be gone for a while than
0: home. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's the other route you can go. You can just be a
1: big old jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here.
5: But I don't think that's in us. No, that, I think that that would make coming home way miserable.
1: <laughs> but um, so we do as we circle the conversation, we do have late season coming up. Um, different tactics, we're already kinda, Dave's talking about, talking to biologists. Um, I've been doing some some research and thinking about what these animals are doing and picking out spots. And uh, um, But as we look forward really though to early season next year, which I think is cool, um, I think uh, WDFW is helping us out a bit because it's gonna be later in the season
4: next year yeah so I would
1: say as, as I look forward to even next season's archery um, even before the season's late archery um, Jeremy do you think there's any value in where the season's placed and maybe even so I think the other thing that I got out of camp was they were quiet maybe there's more optimal circumstances later in the season and we were talking next year camp might be situated later
3: yeah on the back end yeah yeah I think there is that, that around the, the the 14th is when it seems like it starts to starts to ramp up over there and yeah. I think we were out of the woods by the 14th and I mean we could kind of see their activity was a little different just the fact that we've seen um a fight a fight sign of them uh fighting and mm-hmm. they why they're talking. being quiet so quiet I don't know but reading on the Instagram and all that they've been quiet all over yeah. yeah so and what I've noticed in the last two years it's everything's been two or three weeks late and my my garden was two weeks late on it's um Mm -hmm. produce Mm -hmm. turkey hunting they were late um so it's just for some reason the last couple years but yeah i think next year the later we go the better try that out i mean i've never gone through the end of the season so we might want to just go like the thursday through the thursday
2: i want to be there for opening day
3: though oh yeah we always go (laughs) we can go for opening weekend and then keep camp there and then we can come back that
4: next thursday or whatever
1: well, uh, maybe that'll be the play. Yeah, and then hopefully we're talking about uh, filling five tags.
4: Absolutely. Or maybe
1: ten. Amen to that. Not just two.
4: Well, deer, <laughs> and, right. elk, deer right? and elk.
1: That's, that's exactly right. right. Well, that's right. Exactly. Well, this was cool, guys. If if you're thinking about putting an elk camp together, uh, maybe our conversation has helped you do that. Um, it's just time in the woods. It's a it's a good time. It's you know I think we had win, lose or draw. I would do it again, and I wouldn't change a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still. Uh, what was the conversation we were all having? We all want one more animal, but I hope it's me, right? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah exactly. Camp, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll get it. I think we'll get it here in late season. So stay tuned as we as we um, direct the conversation towards how to find these guys, to find these ghosts, mm-hmm. in, on their winter ranges, yeah, uh, high or low as they may be, and mm-hmm. um, we'll keep you guys posted. Is there any any closing thoughts that? Um, just guys if you want to take two to three minutes a piece and just any anything about camp or elk hunting or the situation if you, if you have a closing thought that you want to get off your chest before you get out of here
2: uh not really it's just uh it's a learning experience uh, kind of new to this myself and uh elk or a uh, mysterious beast you know and uh it was a uh, definitely a learning experience and hopefully next time i actually get one and uh
1: for me, this is the longest that I've done something and not been successful at it. And there is so, there is so much humility and um, addiction in that for me. Oh yeah, I love it, but I hate it, and it's almost out of spite I want to be good at it. <laughs> so so that's where I sit. I mean, it's the hardest thing I've, i I was t- it's the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. It's awesome, and I like that.
4: Rev. Well I think the I've been doing this since 2000, okay? And I'm still looking for my elk.
0: Yeah.
1: So, mm.
4: but I would say that I've learned more in the last 4 years, 5 years than I did from 2000 in 2000 till about 2014. I just was, I didn't learn about the elk, I just spent time in the woods. Gotcha. And now I, I really am more purposed. I want to know the elk. I want to know what they are saying when they, they call, and that has driven me on. I just feel like I still have a lot to learn. Um, calling, bugling, uh, I would love to be able to master that. I think that would be so cool to be able to have that conversation with them. So,
1: whether it's turkey or elk, that interaction is wild.
4: It is. And I can't get enough. It of is. It. <laughs> yeah. And when you're calling and they respond back to you, it's yep. just like whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Yeah. But uh, that would be, and, and I know late season is not about the calls. I mean, at that point, you're you're just mewing and and cow calling and trying to locate where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually it's pretty silent. You're not doing a lot of calling then. So it's a little different hunt and it's a little, um, it's less exciting in a sense, because I love to be able to have that conversation. I love the angry and the the, the fierceness that, that elk bring when they're in their mating and their rituals and stuff. So, um, but thank you, yeah, this has been great.
1: Yeah, it's fun. Jeremy, your closing thought on this?
4: No, I just
3: said thank you guys for coming out to camp with me and letting me uh, be a part of your lives and enjoy all the Modery, man, that's what I love about sitting around the campfire and just laughing and Mm. telling jokes and poking each other to no end. Dirty (laughs) stories. Yeah, just dirty stories. It's just, it's it's just, it's nice when you have a group of guys that y'all get along and it's not too, you know, it's not intense the whole stinking time. Yeah,
1: yeah. What makes me think of like what it was like a thousand years ago? Yeah. I mean, stress was different. You would have none. And we had no stress in camp, I would say, except a few, a few very intense moments.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. You bring up a good point. Like, imagine years ago. Yeah, we would all be stressed out right now because we would we only we only have one elk for <laughs> five families. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'd still be we, there. We would, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'd still be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. Yeah, that'd be real stress. <laughs> Dave, your closing thought on, on elk camp.
5: Well, i got to say, I've been to seven other elk camps with Jeremy, and this year, by far, the best. Between the group of guys, Mm. we've had different groups of guys a few different times, our location, and the interaction with the animals out there. By far the best for all three, hands down.
1: Mm. Very cool. I'll say this might be our best podcast. We'll have to have more group chats like this. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> it, it was good. Um, well, this is uh, Joe Shimonic signing off. Backcountry and Barbells. Jeremy Day, thanks for having it out here, guys. Yeah, Thank man, you, this you. is but good yeah. times.
0: Thanks.
3: I do have one thing to say though. Oh, what's that? God bless America, baby. There it is. God
0: bless Take care, gang. Very cool. <laughs>